You're listening to the Just Giants Podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Barkley in, gets by Hunt, going deep. Oh, and he's got him! Shepard inside the 20. Shepard just broke the tackle of Mitchell and takes it down to the four-yard line. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I'm your host, the football grump, and with me, as always, is Mike, the cranky fan. Hello, grump. Apparently, I'm not the only person who was cranky this week. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Viral uh, tweet. Um, well, well, we'll get into all of that. Um, <laughs> the Giants and I have had a little bit of a rough week, um, and that's that's all going to be covered on this show upcoming here, um, which, by the way, you can always subscribe to for free on iTunes, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Podbean, you name it, we're there. Google Play, just about everywhere. Well, the podcast has its own Twitter, at JustGiantsPod, which I recommend you follow if you do not use any one of those services regularly so that you can find out when the new episode has landed. Um, Or you can follow me on there, at Football underscore Grump, where I grump away. I crank away at the cranky fan on Twitter. Catch me pontificating about the Giants, the Gators, the Rays, anything that just gets into my little pea brain. So that is at the cranky fan. And enough of the, you know, uh, niceties, pleasantries, and formalities. We can get right <laughs> into this week's recap here. I mean, it's it's only been about seven days, but it feels like uh, a whole world of news has happened since then, doesn't it? Yeah, it's crazy, Grump. You know, you wait all off season. Everything is on paper. You know, on paper this should happen. On paper we've done this. You know, but you know, we you have a plan. Well, we start the season with X wide receivers, X quarterback, thus, and then you know, we could take one snap, one drill, one you know, turn of an ankle, and it all changes. Yeah, that that really is the the theme for uh, the past week that the Giants have sustained. Um, you know, we we can get into little things like how Daniel Jones has had up and down. He's su- surprised some days, looked exactly as we spe- expected some days, etc. That's all kind of irrelevant. You know, these training camp practices are not going to bring stuff like that. You really got to look at the one on one matchups, and it's going to come down to playing time in the preseason games and what we see there. But the real big thing here is just injuries galore. Well, the first one was Sterling Shepard. He hurt his thumb. That was the first thing that came out and was like, all right, well, if we do the math, mm-hmm. we'll probably hopefully see uh, Sterling Shepard by week one. opening week. Yeah. yeah. So, and then so, all of a sudden, that became, the, that became the bright news of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sterling Shepard somehow fractured his thumb, um, which, you know, it, I, as someone who's broken a finger can, can tell you um, – it really just it doesn't even matter which finger. I mean, I'm sure the thumb is probably worse. I've never broken that, but any one of your fingers really inhibits the use of your entire hand. Nevertheless, Shepard has, I believe, practiced every single day. He's got a splint on his thumb. I don't know if he's doing team drills, but there is video of him out there catching balls one-handed and running through drills. So yeah, I- he, he's staying in touch with the playbook. He's keeping his legs fresh. This is not. You know, you know, a high ankle sprain I think would be worse. 
I think if it was like in its own little shell, it'd be one thing. But you know, compounding with everything else going on, it just makes everything, you know, hurt much more. Right. That was that was day one, and um, you know, on that day, several people had reported that Coleman looked a little bit slow all day, and uh, he went to the team doctor after practice, and it was reported the next day that Corey Coleman had torn his ACL, and he is done for the year. <laughs> you know, when it rains, it pours, Grump. You know, the bigger, I think, the bigger. Below to this team is going to be besides you know depth at wide receiver was his potential to be on special teams. Yeah, that's that's really the big one I think. Um, and you know, I, I I thought that he was really going to have a better year this year. You know, with a an off season in the books under this playbook, and you know, building a rapport with Eli Manning and the rest of the wide receiver room, but. Alas, it is not meant to be, and you know it might be that this is the last we see Corey Coleman in a Giants uniform. We hardly knew ye. Yeah. Um, that was followed up by fifth round pick Darius Slayton. I'm not sure fifth or sixth round pick Darius Slayton, um, who has a hamstring injury, so he can't sub in. He's he's going to be that kind of guy too. He's going to be the over the top kind of uh, you know speed guy. Um, and he's not getting reps, and th- this is important for guys like him to get reps. I mean, he was right on the the edge of, you know, is he going to be able to participate this year? You know, have an impact, and every single rep he misses is, yeah. is crucial. It's like the Richter scale, where the reps you get as a rookie are each one is magnified so much more than when you're a, a Sterling Shepard, for example. Right, and, and, and a wide receiving crew that is not exactly the fastest. In the history of the NFL, he could have potentially been the one guy, like you said, the guy who comes over the top, the, the guy who can stretch a, a secondary. And now, you know, he's missing uh, reps, he's missing laps, and yeah. hopefully he doesn't fall too far behind that he just gets passed over, you know, yeah. in the rotation. And it's important that he doesn't rush back either. This is not a broken thumb situation. This is now a soft tissue injury, and you know, coming back. 10 minutes too early could tweak it. You know, going 10 minutes too hard can tweak it back. You know, these are the tricky ones. And we've seen that affect the Giants in the past. You know, lingering, nagging injuries that go four, six, eight, ten 10 weeks. So, you know, for his sake, you know, he needs to get himself healed before he gets out there again. I know it's a, it's very aggravating for a guy that wants to get out there and prove himself, but, uh, yeah, and it really is kind of like arguing both sides of your mouth, right? I mean, saying how important it is that he gets back out there, but it's just as important that he doesn't rush back out there. Right. Um, most importantly, I would say – well, I, I would say the Coleman one is is a real big one because he's done for the year. And I, I think he could have been a, an integral part of what this offense is able to do through the air. But Golden Tate is – it was announced, I guess, by the league, and then he released a statement, but they've known since April. Golden Tate has a four-week PED suspension that he's currently appealing. Um, but as of right now, I guess while the appeal is pending, he's able to play, right? I mean, if this yes. – hypothetically, if the appeal were to be prolonged for several months, he would be playing in all that time. That is correct. Um it's just very aggravating, and I've I've talked about this on the podcast before. That when you are an athlete, well, you're well, professional. Let's, let's, first of all, let's just say his statement was um, 
that essentially he was going through fertility treatment, him and his wife, while they try to have a, a child. Um, and he took some – whatever his prescribed medication was for some small amount of days, then reported it to the league when he realized there was a banned substance in it. Um, but you know, I, I guess it was too late at that point. That's That's the statement that he released. All right. Well, <laughs> I'm going to go on my rant now. Go for it. And I've, like I said, I've said this a hundred times. I've said it on this podcast. I've said it in tweets. I've said it everywhere. When you're a professional athlete and you are a world-class athlete and millions of dollars are at stake to be a finely tuned machine, one that is regulated by drug testing, you need to know what every single molecule that's going into your system, whether it's the food you eat the supplements you take, the drugs you're on, uh, you know, you name it. If it's a poppy seed from a bagel, you should know what the ramifications are. And you know, I understand what he was trying to do, you know, with the fertility drugs and everything. But this is on him. And I know people are like, "Well, these guys need to have leniency if they." No, I don't think there is any leniency. If you know what this rule is specifically, you have to have the personal responsibility to take five minutes. And invest in yourself and research what you are doing with your life so you don't get caught in this scenario because it's going to cost them money. It's going to cost this team. It's going to cost, you know, a lot of people, a lot of things. And it's just, you know, 10 minutes of research to say, I can't do this because this could fail a test. It's one phone call to the league and saying, here's what I'm taking. Is this something that would raise a flag or would, you know, and, he obviously didn't do that. So I, I really – it's so aggravating because – and I'm, I might sound kind of harsh on this, but I feel like you're just being selfish and just not being 100% attuned to what your what your body is and how you're treating it. Agree with you 10,000%. I, I you know, I understand it's a heartwarming and um, I guess sympathetic situation that he is unveiling. Uh, but nevertheless, it's pretty straightforward. Um, I also don't think I buy it 100%. I, I, I'm not saying that he's lying, but there is some severe mental negligence because, you know, when you, when you're, when you have a cold, right? And you go to the doctor and, you know, he just tests you right there. He's like, oh, you've got pneumonia. Here's some drugs. That is not how fertility treatment goes. It's several meetings. They lay out several different treatment options. This is a, you know, this is a, a week-to-week thing of going over your options. This is not a handover bottle of pills. Start taking and then think, "Oh shit, am I allowed to take this?" This is th- this is a real lapse in judgment. If this was a legitimate screw up on his part, and it could be, um, you know, it, it's just not that simple. And I agree with you 100%. There should be no leniency on this. I I'm not all that sympathetic to his situation, um, only because. What do you think male treatment for fertility consists of? Because to me, and I'm not an expert, it sounds like testosterone or other hormonal things, which mm-hmm. obviously is going to come. I mean, this takes very little thought. You know, you know, if he had said that he had, you know, again to use a, a bad example, but if he had went to the doctor for a legitimate medical issue, such as, you know. I don't know, a stroke or whatever, and the medication he was given comes up as a steroid, I would see that as more forgivable because you're more worried about your health in that moment. 
You know, th- this to me is a severe negligence mentally. Um, and as you know, as nice as his situation is, is what he's trying to do. It makes no difference. Um, you know, this this is a real screw up on his part, and I don't think he's going to get a single game back from the league, and I don't think he should. And not to be pessimist, cranky fan here, but if that is the story. That's kind of what I'm saying. I, I'm i not <laughs> sure that I buy that 100%. I mean, he could just as easily had went to the fertility doctor, gotten this treatment, and used that small window to pop something else that he knew would actually help him. I, I don't know. Yeah, and, and I, this I don't is pure speculation. We, don't, we, like, yeah. we are not for sure, but I'm just saying that, you know, don't hold it past anybody to kind of get around these rules. And, you know, it's, it's such open for interpretation and kind of like, it's just, you know, it's not a clear, it's not the easiest road to navigate. And I think when you have something like this, you have to, like we've been saying, it, it just requires more, more responsibility on your part. It's more of a proactive thing you have to do than be reactive. And I, I just, I'm adamant about it because I think it could be so easily taken advantage of by everybody in this league. And the last thing we want, you know, we're so concerned about things like uh, concussions and ways to keep player safety. This is things that could, you know, potentially do far more damage to these people's bodies down the road and trying to prevent that. So, well, um, yeah, theoretically, I I think most, most PED things are don't have I mean, there's a there's a misconception that PEDs equals juicing or steroids is really not typically the case it usually has to do with muscle recovery um and obviously it could be any number of things but most of the time it's just something as simple as that it's not a big deal um most of these things can be bought at your local GNC without any secret code i mean they're just over the counter things a lot of them um i but i i agree with you it it Showing leniency to something like this is inviting people to abuse the system, and the system is in place to keep the game fair and to keep people safe. And mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but you know, all it would have taken was one phone call, and I, I promise you, he did not go to the fertility doctor one time and walk away with a bottle of pills and start taking them right away. I just don't think yeah. that that happened. So I think going certainly is back to the Giants. The best thing he can possibly do, I think, is take the four game suspension. Get it over with and move on with our lives. I agree with that. Especially yeah. since up until the moment of his suspension, which I think is like seven days before week one, the, the, the week one game, he's able to practice and be in all team meetings, everything. Mm-hmm. So it's not like he's missing out on critical time right now. You know, it's just a four week suspension. It's it's no extra because it happened in the off season. Right. Um, the injury bug, you know, it, it continued a little bit. I, Sam Beal, you know, we have high hopes for him. Is currently sidelined with what was originally called a groin, is now a hamstring. Um, another wide receiver, Britton Golden, made a touchdown catch in team drills and then came up limping with a groin. Um, uh, seventh round pick, I believe, George Asafo Aji, tackle from Kentucky, I think, right. Yes. It suffered a concussion or is at least in the concussion protocol at this time. Um, that's pretty bad. I, I don't like that one ever. That could be super minor and it could be 
the first of six in a row and and right. careers. I I hate that one. We say it all off season. Every time there's a mini camp, anytime there's an OTA, all we want to hear is no one was hurt. Yeah, and it's come back to hit us hard. Um, and lastly, probably the worst in terms of uh, injury. Um, Safety linebacker hybrid Mark McLaurin broke his foot. Uh, he will definitely be out for the year, I would think, or at least for the fact that he's a roster bubble type guy. Um, he he might wind up maybe at the practice squad later on in in the year, but I would mm. think that a foot fracture is going to keep you out probably what eight weeks. Most likely, he is done being a New York Giant, and it's yeah. unfortunate. We hear this story every year of guys. Who you know are fighting and fighting, and an injury knocks him out of it. So it's a tough break. Yeah, especially since he just got his foot stepped on. You know, just, yeah. Um. In response to the blight of uh, injuries to wide receivers, including Shepard, Coleman, Slayton, Golden, and Golden Tate, who is not injured but will be missing for four games most likely, the Giants have re-signed. Uh, Amba Etetewu, who was on the team last year in practice se- uh, preseason. And I don't know if he made the 53 or was like real close. Because I remember the 53 was done. And then like immediately after, a whole bunch of guys switched out. Because now we have that weird period. We don't have the double cut down. We just have one. So everybody sets a roster. And then immediately they start dealing on what everybody else cut. Mm-hmm. And so these these rosters move around. I think he might have made the initial fifty three and then was off, and might have spent some time in the practice squad. But either way, I, big tall I guy. Think, I think he was on the practice squad in the very beginning, if I recall. Okay. Uh, nevertheless, this is a chance for him to uh, show that he's improved and you know deserves to be on that bubble. And if that fails, we have heard that Victor Cruz has said he's available. That's and we'd true. Willing to come back. Um, I'm not <laughs> sure who asked him on Twitter, but he responded. I think it might have been Art Stapleton. I think so. Yeah. Or Tom. In other, new, in other news, Zeke Mowat and Stephen Baker, the touchdown maker, have announced they are available as well. So, Yeah. Um, I think McConkie. <laughs> McConkie's still alive, right? Does it matter? <laughs> um, okay. Now, I'm going to kind of go off into, into Grump Universe for a second here. Oh, I understand that this is – an entire podcast recapping a week of only bad news. Um, <laughs> nevertheless, what good news are you going to get out of training camp, uh, a week of training camp? There is no good news. There's no such thing as good news. The, the, the only thing you – oh, Eli Manning's on fire? Does that mean that Eli Manning is doing really well? The offense is doing well? The defense is doing terrible? It means nothing. I mean really – the preseason is going to show us more than anything. And then after that, even that doesn't matter too much. It's really going to be the first game. You know, there's no good news that's going to come out of training camp. There just really isn't. Um, and everything is speculation anyway. So even if a, a single guy who is really, really lighting it up, we see it all the time. We're in preseason guys light it up and they don't even make the team. Or when they do, they completely disappoint and they're off the team. This stuff you know, the injuries and shit, I get it. It sucks. But the giant fan reaction over the last couple years now, but mo- it's really come to light for me in the last couple of weeks, is insufferable. 
everyone is bitching. It's 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 mind-boggling that there is no there is no right that this front office this team can do. Nobody can do anything right. There's always a negative side, and it's blasted all over Twitter, and most of it's misinformed or stupid. Um, you know there is. I get it, okay? I, I get the the injuries suck and, and there's there's legitimate, you know, gripes to be had about the play of Eli Manning, the fact that he's still on the team, the fact that we took a running back at, at two overall last year when we could have taken a quarterback, uh, the fact that we took Daniel Jones this year. These are legitimate gripes. You can make arguments that these are not the best moves. Um, but then there's there's also just the point where why are you bitching constantly? I, I mean – in my opinion, I've watched this roster fall to shit, I would say, pretty consistently since about 2010, slowly get worse and worse through bad drafts and and money mismanagement through free agency acquisitions. And, you know, a new guy has come in here, love him or hate him, is given a situation where he's got to turn things around, Okay. That means that guys are going to go. That does not mean that all of those things were due to, you know, personality conflict. It doesn't mean that. You know, Olivier Vernon, I I, I swear the same people bitching about how Olivier Vernon wasn't playing up to contract are now bitching that we traded away all our best players and list him among that. I don't understand that. I mean, dude. For me, Vernon was like right on that cusp of like, well, he's our best best pass rusher, but we sure are giving him a lot of money for the production we're getting. You know, I I didn't feel strongly one way or another, but people are just playing both sides of the fence and people complaining that Snacks was traded away for a fifth-round draft pick only to be replaced by a worse replacement from the 17th overall pick. Guys... Dexter Lawrence is not snacks, A. B, he's younger and cheaper, so if he was a replacement for snacks, you could say it fiscally made sense. C, how can you say that he's worse when he hasn't played an NFL down yet? You don't know that he's worse than snacks. You have no idea. It's it's the silliest bullshit that I'm seeing time and time again, and it's almost as if you guys are bored and want to bitch about something. It's so fucking annoying. I, I I don't see it from many other fan bases out here. And the ones I do see it from are fan bases I don't want to be anywhere near. See Jets. See Eagles. So I, I'm really quite sick of what I'm seeing. And, and it someone brought to my attention that, you know, Twitter is not... An accurate cross section of a population, and that that's a pretty fair point. But I could also say that I've seen the same kind of bullshit just by sitting in the stands the last couple of years. The same arguments, the same Eli Manning pass check down because everything's covered downfield and he's already running for his life. Grown, you know. At a certain point, it takes a little bit of nuanced thinking, and you guys just don't seem to be thinkers lately. It's really frustrating. Well, I, I you kind of stole my thunder a little bit by saying majority of what we see of the loudest yellers are on Twitter, and Twitter is a, and Twitter is a cesspool. 
Yes. Uh, you know, it, it's it's a place where you can unfiltered whatever thought goes into your head can be read by the world. So, and that doesn't change. Every fan base has that. I mean, if you want to, you know, if you want to follow the fans on Twitter, that's you're, you're going to get. You're going to get that temperature check, and a lot of it's just raw emotion. I think, I think this giant fan base is a. I'm not talking about the Twitter fan base. I'm talking about the fan base period is frustrated and tired. I mean, you take away those two, you know, looking back in hindsight, random years where we won Super Bowls, this team has been awful for over a decade. And not only awful, unwatchable. And, you know, frustration grows. And you bring in... You bring in a GM that has headlines attached to him about what happened in Carolina. You have a, you know, for the most part, the average fan listens to Mike Francesa, reads the New York Post, listens to, you know, 1130, the, you know, the Channel 7 sports report or something gets a little bit where there are basically, you know, the parrots are parroting everything that the other guy has said. And, you know, the sheep out there just parrot what they hear from the media. And it's just kind of like one of those self-fulfilling bubbles that keeps happening over and over again, this echo chamber. So when you go to a game and you, maybe you're not sitting next to, you know, a, a Twitter clown, you're just like some guy who does, who's saying things to you that is, there's not an original thought in their head. Uh, it's very aggravating. And I think, you know, going through a rebuild, especially in a sport like football, is very, very difficult. I don't know what, there's no short answer to fixing it and to getting people happy again. The, the best thing that will make people happy again is winning. Of course. That's the bottom line. And a lot of people just don't understand the nuances of the salary cap, they don't understand the nuances of, you know, free agency and building a roster and everything. And so you're just hearing people just say dumb things. Twitter just amplifies the stupidity of people out there. So, you know, in a way it's just kind of like who we're listening to kind of did that perception of the giant fan. I don't think the giant fan as a whole is stupid. I think the giant fan as a whole is just tired of it and frustrated. I mean, I'm frustrated and tired of it. And, uh, but I, I think the Twitter aspect of it makes it far worse. And I'm not telling anybody anything new. I mean, if you follow politics, you follow, you know, sports, you follow anything, you're going to get the worst, you know, the the loudest mouths, you know, out there. And it's kind of Twitter's great for a lot of things. You learn a lot of information if you're getting it from the right places. But you're also hearing, you know, the shitheads out there. Look, I can sympathize with all that, and then I I responded to somebody saying I I think the culprit for this attitude is losing. It, it's plain and simple. Um, I just don't. They, the same people who are just like retweeting videos of Odell Beckham giving his cleats away, like oh yeah, real real problem in the locker room. Like we get it, we get it. Okay. Yes, Beckham was probably traded away partially due to off-the-field things. There were off-the-field things in addition to him being good in the locker room. We all know he was good in the locker room. 
he also wasn't too good in the front office when he's sitting next to Lil Wayne and doing an interview kind of complaining that he's not getting the ball or that he would do better with a better quarterback. And it doesn't matter if he's right. It's That's just not good in the locker room do. either. Yeah. That's not a good locker room thing either. Hey, but look, you remember something that fans are fans and sports culture over the last 10, 15 years is slowly shifting from team first to player first. I mean, you definitely see it in the NBA, and you're seeing yeah. it more and more in football also. I mean, there are more people now that identify themselves with Odell Beckham fans, you know, or Patrick Mahomes fans, or whoever, than do as a team fan and a loyal team fan, not one who jumps from team to team because a player or a team is good or not. I think at any time in the league's history, and I think it's only getting worse. I mean, these players are far better curators of their brand than teams are they can control the narrative as much as they want and do a better job at it than the teams do and you're seeing that with fans you know if you're an odell beckham fan it doesn't matter what's written about him you're going to defend the guy and that's that i mean look giant fans will defend the giants and it comes against the cowboys or the or the eagles or something it happens with players i mean most of us who listen to this are also Knicks fans, and you can see like Carmelo Anthony in the eyes of a lot of Knicks fans, and Carmelo fans can do no wrong and don't understand why he's not in the league and why he's not back with Knicks again because they're fans of him more than a team. So you're going to see a lot of that as well where people are not looking at the situation clear-eyed from the lens of what's best for this team. They're looking for it as that's my guy and fuck everybody else. I understand all that. It's just this 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 attitude that I'm seeing where Corey Coleman tears his ACL in training camp and people are calling the whole roster and the whole season a dumpster fire is just pathetic. And I think – you know what? If you feel that way, then be my guest and don't watch. I won't miss you on my timeline. I won't miss not seeing you in the stands. And, you know, honestly, people don't want to go to games and feel negative. So, you know, nobody else is going to miss you either. Just do us all a favor and don't watch if you don't want to watch. That's fine. If you want to complain about a move where you don't agree with Beckham being traded, that's fair game. Fine. But now that it's over, it's just over, okay? You're not proving a point anymore. It's just, it's over. There's no sense in complaining that Corey Coleman tore his ACL. Or the injuries are really piling up and responding to, you know, a story about Mark McLaurin broke his foot. How many of you, without looking it up right now, can tell me what school Mark McLaurin came from? None of them. Oh, forget that. How many people out there knew – how many people knew he was on the roster? Yeah. Where's in training camp? I'm just saying, just just give it a rest. You know, you could could just move on. It's – it's yeah, just, that's e- that's easier said than done, though. Again, look, if this is this is a team, I'm not even talking has to be the Patriots. I'm talking, you know, if this team has been what you know Green Bay has been for the last 15 years. These things are going to happen, and people it will roll off your shoulders a little more when you just I have the combi- when you just have the combination of just the losing, you know, having a completely incompetent head coach for two years, you know, uh, a GM that you know has proven that had very very bad drafts. And you know, tried to chase by overspending in free agency. We have to unwind all that now. It 
just adds up and people are are frustrated so i give them a little a little leeway to to vent frustration but you know when everything is the worst thing you've ever heard that's where i kind of agree with you it's like all right let's let's pump the brakes a little bit on things like that that's all i'm really saying is dial it back just just remember this is coming from somebody who made a twitter account called the football grump and is described as angry and overly critical new york giants fan you are all angrier and more unfairly critical. It's just all I'm saying is dial it the fuck back. Let's just just take a breath. Nothing has <laughs> happened yet. I mean, for all we know, Amba Edetewu could be the MVP of this team by the end of the year, and he only got his shot because Corey Coleman tore his ACL. We don't know shit. There's no reason to really lose your mind. Hey, going into Going into what was it? Whatever year it was, Victor Cruz before that preseason started. Anybody knew who he was? No, yeah, of course. Um, piggybacking off of this, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let it go for now. I'm, I've cooled off. It's been about a day since I raged. So, um, Landon Collins is in the news. <laughs> Landon Collins is in the news. Why don't you tell us what happened? Landon Collins is a guy who feels slighted that he did not get the contract he felt he was deserving, and joining a lot of other NFL players who felt that Dave Gettleman should just, you know, break the bank, you know, go over the salary cap, you know, use resources when they may not be best supplied and make sure that he is paid and he is not happy about it. And he's made all sorts of comments how he wants an out pattern to be thrown by him when he's on the sidelines, he can go after him and all this nonsense. And it's just amazing when players who, you know, had good graces with this fan base, with this organization, and when they leave, flame on all those bridges. You know, we saw it with Tiki Barber, we're seeing it with Odell Beckham, and now we're seeing it with him that, uh, you know, just because you got paid somewhere else. I'm not know, entirely yippee. sure what it is he's upset about. Um, I, I, I don't. He's upset also. He's upset also because he wasn't asked to come into the office and told to his face they weren't going to re-sign him. Which I wasn't sure that was in the CBA. That wasn't part of an agreement <laughs> with the union. I, 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 I didn't read my uh, Miss Manners code of et- etiquette. You know, the guy doesn't even live in New York. He's supposed to. Uh, so the team's supposed to fly him into New York to have this meeting where he's told he's not going to be re-signed. Doesn't make any sense. So again, it's just a burnt ego, and you know. But he got his pay. He got he got far more going to Washington than he would have gotten here. End of story. I mean, really. Quite frankly, Washington gave him more money than he's worth, and I absolutely love Landon Collins on the field. I, I I have his jersey. I wanted it. I I love the way he played. But quite frankly, he's we don't love him enough. We don't love him enough to get paid what he ended up getting in Washington on this team. Hell no. No so, way. And even yeah. if even if we were going to pay him that much, we don't have the room for it. We would mm-hmm. be – I guarantee that this fan base would have lit the Empire State Building on fire if we paid Landon Collins as much as Washington paid him. You think so? They should. With the state of the roster the way it is, with you know his marginable, mar, marginal ability in coverage – uh, you know, it's quite simply, 
if you think this roster is not good now, it would be horrendous. Horrendous. Well, it, with the amount the of cap space alleged to him. The fan base should act that way, but I don't think they will, and I don't think they did. I think I think the sentiment was more towards why didn't we, we resign him? He's the heart and soul of the defense. He's really good, as opposed to this makes the most sense. Well, maybe I'm still giving Giants fans too much credit. <laughs> I'm not saying it's the right answer. I'm saying that was, was the answer. Uh, that was Look, nevertheless, I, I understand that Landon Collins is a little bit burnt. Uh, I understand that his comments cross a couple of lines that they shouldn't. I'm also old enough to know when he's telling a bit of a joke. I, I don't think he really wants to hit a 70-year-old man who's battling cancer. Well, we um, didn't – I have not heard the comment. I just saw what was in black and white. I mean you're right. It could have been said in kind of a way that was like – you know, a little tongue in cheek. Yeah, I I truly don't think that he wants to inflict pain on the man physically. But uh, the one thing, the one thing it is doing though, it's kind of reinforcing that stereotype about Gettleman being a Turk and just like you know, not paying players fair or not. Well, I, okay, know? here's what I'm going to say: the the two big ones that. That Gettleman did not pay and moved on prior prior to coming to the Giants were D'Angelo Williams and Josh Norman, right? Those are the two big mm-hmm. ones. It's true. Josh Norman is having a medium career at Washington, right? Mm-hmm. But he sure thought he was going to get top CB money. Yeah. And everybody else thought he was going to get top CB money. They all thought that he was the best corner in the, in the country. Um, you know, D'Angelo Williams... Good running back had a decent year uh, playing in Pittsburgh, I think. Right in in uh, Le'Veon Bell's place for a suspension or something. I don't remember what a holdout maybe. Mm-hmm. But again, James Connors played real well in Pittsburgh. They have a great offensive line. It's a it's one I think you could get any running back off the street to do well. Come, I'm not saying these are the facts. I'm saying what the the perception of him. I understand, but I'm just saying they may be seen as shrewd moves or maybe stupid moves, but it looks to me like they weren't necessarily incorrect moves. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, that's where perception versus reality takes place. But what I'm saying is that, you know, I don't know how much – I mean, hopefully these guys, since it's their career and their livelihood, are doing the research to see, but when you're looking at Dave Gettleman is a potential employer. They are, they have this thing in their head that he's a guy that does not pay. And I'm just curious, you know, what impact this has on future players. I mean, players are going to get their money. That's what the, that's what they're they should do. They have the right to do that, and they should guys get as much money as they can. But sure. I'm curious what the relationship is between the players, and I use that as a you know, a collective whole and Dave Gettleman as a GM and whether people want to come play here or not because of it. If we're not going to be offering max money for, you know, whatever reason. Uh, I understand that these were, these were concerns we had during the GM search when he was hired. Um, I know it certainly bristled my feathers when I saw that he was hired. Um, I was worried about the same thing and uh, 
You know, I, I think that... I think that if Gettleman is in a situation where he has a stable roster, I don't think he will be the guy just slashing guys left and right. I think he would be a little bit more, you know, financially responsible. I don't think he thinks that organizations owe anything to players to overspend for them, but I think he knows talent when he sees it and will give money to it. It's a simple it's a simple fact of what this roster the state it's in right now, right? Yeah, yeah. And hey, the Patriots are famously known for cutting ties with guys they don't want to give that extra contract to somebody to become a liability two, three years down the road. And they're thought of as the model organization. So um, I, you're right. The, the biggest thing is he inherited a complete mess with the salary cap, with the roster. And, you know, giant fans want this team to get better and tough decisions are going to have to be made. You know, Let's remember, a guy like Snacks wasn't here for 15 years, and, you know, he's not getting his number in the Ring of Honor. He's not, you know, an all-time great giant. He's a good giant, you know. Maybe a pro bowler. The maybe, problem but is that he's a good dude. All right, that, that's wonderful. Sure. But, you know something? Do you want a good dude, or do you want to win? And I think this fan base has to, you know, and you know, make, that, make that kind of priority in their head what they want from this you know getting back to the players and stuff if players don't like that guys don't get the maximum contracts they think they should get they should go talk to the uh head of the players association and see about getting that salary cap you know abolished or something they can't have everything it's true and and to, to clarify, I, I think that snacks it can absolutely be a vital asset to a winning roster I think that the contract given to him was a little bit unconscionable if you're not in a win-now position. Uh, and I think that, you know, that's pretty much why he was traded. It was not because he's not good. and was not because he was a problem. It was simply because this team needed to make money. That was a spot that they felt that they could fit with younger, cheaper players. And that's it. Yeah. If that were a Super Bowl team... He's still there, and they're going to pay him the money to win the Super Bowl. That was all not of those a Super guys, Bowl team. <laughs> all those guys that were cut and traded away would still be here. Yeah. And you know something? Beckham might still be here too. Of course. I mean, I think they would have put up with all the bullshit that he puts a team through and all the stuff that he does. That would just be in the category of a nuisance. But you know something? He, as great of a talent as he is, and forget the off-field stuff. It's not going to help a team in the situation. There's too many holes to fill on this team to have the luxury of having a, a great wide right receiver like that. They need more talent everywhere. So if you can, you know, increase the amount of assets you can get for him, whereas value may never be higher than it is right now. Could be. I mean, I'm still on the fence that that was the right move. I, I you know. I love Zeitler. I think what they did with the draft picks they got for Beckham were, were good. Uh, but, you know, it's it's, it's, it's still it's tough. It's to be determined. Me. It's to be determined. We don't know. I mean, Zeitler could break his leg next week, and True. I just I just completely mushed him. So don't. You, you yeah, motherfucker. I yeah, swear keep, to God. Keep, keep that soundbite available. But, I mean, we don't know what can happen. The guy can be an all-pro. 
or he could be out for the year. And if he's out for the year, well, duh, the trade didn't work out. You know, what happens with these with these draft picks? Last me in three to five years, did they work out? Um, you know, at the same time, Beckham could break his leg. Yeah, we we just we just don't know. You don't you don't. You do what you do to put yourself the, a, a team in the best positions to succeed going forward. And you know, coming off a record of what were we five and eleven last year or something brutal. Uh, off of, yeah. Off the off of multiple years of being you know in in the shit house, there are a lot of things that this roster needs to improve on, and a lot of holes to fill that needs to be done with not as much money as other teams might. Well, this was a mouthful of a podcast episode. Um, <laughs> we're all angry out there, everybody. But, don't, but, think we're, don't think we enjoy this. We don't. But but like, look. Truth be told, you know we we had to talk about a lot of negative stuff this week. But this is the first week where there is football on every single week until the Super Bowl. So you know, personally, I'm in a good mood. You know. Where I'm at, reading the things on Twitter that I'm reading, seeing the clips I'm seeing, I love that shit. I know it's juvenile to get excited over a stupid clip from training camp, but I love football, and this is why I do this in my spare time. This is this is why I do what I do. This is why I spend tons of money traveling places to go see games in different stadiums. You just like to get drunk on the road. What are you talking about? Yeah, well, you know, sometimes I remember a game here and there. <laughs> Sometimes it's best that we don't. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I mean, you know what it is, Grump. It's all about setting the right expectations for yourself. You know, as, as a fan. I mean, to me, if I see this team in Week 16 significantly better than Week One, it's a successful year. This team is not making the playoffs. This team is not going to the Super Bowl. This team is not going to have, you know, seven Pro Bowlers on it. But if I see that. You know, the offensive line has played a lot better this year. We see Barkley take that next step to being, you know, a potential all-time great. If we see, maybe we see Daniel Jones come in in week seven and we see the progression from week eight to week 17. These are things that are get me excited for next year. Well, remember After last year, nothing got me excited for this year. Just remember that next year is a team with 70, $60 million in cap space. Um, assuming Eli Manning is off the books, um, you know, a brand new quarterback and a very, very young roster. If if this team, the way it's built now, can eke out a seven and nine, eight and eight, nine and seven season this year, I mean, that should be getting you excited. It's not. Mm-hmm. I know it's not electrifying headlines, and I know it's not gonna, you know, make any history books, but. That is trending in the right direction. This team won three games two years ago. Then it won five. And then maybe it wins seven this year. And then maybe next year it wins 11, 12. It happens in this league. I mean, if the team is built thinking, you know, with an eye to the future, but in building smart, it can happen. You know, the, the foundations are there for a much better offensive line. The foundation is there with a quarterback who could be a a uh, running back that's once in a generation. We don't know about Daniel Jones, what he can be. He could be, you know, he could be a bust or he could be, you know, a, a decent quarterback. We don't, we don't know these things yet, but 
this is an important year to kind of set expectations and don't get pissed off if you're one and three and all of a sudden, you know, get rid of Manning, fire the coach, get rid of Gettleman, you know what they're doing. I don't want to hear that this year. We will, I will snap back at you. I mean, I think that's, that's mostly my problem is that I'm already hearing that, but Nevertheless, like I said, I am actually more positive than I seem. I'm in a great mood because we have football this week and every week until uh, the Super Bowl. And unfortunately, we don't have Giants football until next week. So the next episode we have will be another recap of a week in training camp. Uh, That will air Tuesday as well. We will have the week following that our recap of preseason Week one against the Jets, which occurs next Thursday, I think. Um, so that, I mean, that, that should Thursday, be something. Correct. Yeah, that that should be something for you guys to be excited about. I know I am. I hope that you guys are not already quitting on the season. And if you are, that's fine. But you know what? Just get off Twitter at that point. Don't tweet about the Giants. If if you're not gonna watch, then you're not gonna watch. That's fine. <laughs> so take that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, if you would like to I am on Twitter at football underscore grump you can follow me there I am again much more positive on there than I seem today um, and uh, believe it or not I'm actually a little bit kind of maybe insightful so it's not just <laughs> rantings and it's not just regurgitating headlines it's actual thoughts and it's actual analysis so yeah follow me there on Twitter yeah if you haven't unfollowed me at this point I'm at the grump the, not the grump Jesus Christ <laughs> <laughs> I'm at the cranky fan as always. So uh, if this doesn't cheer you up, one of my raised tirades will definitely get you excited. I'm sure for the three people that are across giants and raised fans out there, uh, we do have Florida Gator football starting up where I am actually very excited for. Oh yeah. You that. When is that game against Miami? That's uh, August 24th, uh, four weeks from Saturday, a top 10 team. Get me a little excited again. So, uh, I mean, if you guys, even if you're not fans of Florida or Miami, that is going to be a good one to watch to kick. I like that that's the kickoff. I love it. Yeah. Uh, we've talked in my other podcast, Mark and the Cranky Fan, about uh, the, pl- the positives and negatives of starting off your college season against a, uh, if not a great team, a rivalry team. Which, so Miami is certainly not a great team, but <laughs> it is still Miami and you know the juices will be flowing. So. It's nice to come right. And remember, with college, there is no four preseason games. You start off, bang, your season starts. Yeah. So uh, that makes things a lot different. Um, and you can check out his podcast as well, Mark at the Cranky Fan. And again, you can follow this um, podcast on Google Play, iTunes, SoundCloud, Podbean, iHeartRadio, um, and maybe Spotify in the future. So, Ooh, exciting. If- if you listen to other podcasts, if you use any of those platforms, just search for us on there, and that way you won't need any sort of update for when the new episode comes out. It will just be there waiting for you for your morning commute. And, and if you think we're insane or you think we're being dicks, you know, let us know. You know, send us <laughs> let, let us know on Twitter or something because this is something where we're trying to understand this fan base and we're trying to help. You know. Little provide a little clarity if we can. You know, of course, we both fly off the rails very quickly when a game is going on and things aren't going our way. But you know, we're trying to look at the big picture of all this and see through all of the, uh, you know, the media tropes that are out there and just the same kind of you know regurgitation of the you know 
Giants don't know what they're doing. Gettleman's a fool, blah, 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 blah. There's more to it than just, you know, what you're being barked at all the time. So, but if you think we're just, you know, being insensitive to the Giant fan or you think that we're just flat out wrong, let us know. We, we'd love to have a conversation with you about it. Yeah, I, I do respond to a lot of the tweets that I get. Um, I, you know, I went off the rails a little bit calling out the Giants fan base for being babies. But I responded to as many as I as I could. I mean, some of the some of the threads between people went off the rails entirely, and I just I just don't have the free time to follow that whole thread um, yeah. when you guys are yelling at each other. But I, I mean, I've had people call me a baby. I've had other people agree with a lot of people agree with. Should me, I but, call you a baby all the time? Of course. Um, <laughs> I mean, I I think you know I think it's a fair statement to say I think sometimes a lot of twi- Giants Twitter is a bunch of babies. I don't think the fan base as a whole is a bunch of babies. I just think they're very frustrated. And I think, uh, certainly hope that you're right. I mean, again, get embedded in other fan bases in other cities that doesn't quite have the passion, you know, the history and the taste of success that we've had. You see, it's a lot different where people are more concerned about the uniforms and, you know, will the San Diego chicken be uh, performing at that game or some, or who's the concert or something where it's silliness. You know, this, this is a fan base that, is very demanding, expects to win, you know, has a tradition of winning, has a tradition of losing too, but <laughs> has tasted victory and, you know, expects the best. And the best is what you'll get at Just Giants. So, um, <laughs> yeah, give us a follow, get a listen. Um, and if you are new to the podcast, we have tons of episodes. Go on back and listen to a couple of other ones, you know, we we touched on the Odell Beckham thing. We had a whole episode that night. Actually, it was like two hours after the trade happened. We recorded an episode, um, so that one was pretty fresh. I mean, we have everything. If you want to go all the way back to the day Eli Manning was benched, we have an episode on that. So, by all means, if you want to call us out for being hypocrites, or if you just want to know what we thought of something, you're new to the podcast. There are tons of episodes for you to check out. We have that podcast back from the sneakers game in 1934. Remember that one? That was a good one. <laughs> the ice bowl. <laughs> All right, everyone. Until next week, go Giants. Go Giants. <laughs>